I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The New York Giants, their first playoff game in six years, their first playoff win since they were uh, won the Super Bowl back in the 2011 season. They beat the Vikings 31-24 to to talk about the Giants, Daniel Jones, and this breakout win. Uh, we bring in Dan Duggan from The Athletic, covers the Giants. He's out there in Minnesota with all the action out there. Hey, Dan, how are you? I'm doing great. How are yourself? I'm doing well. I have a lot of fired-up Giants fans uh, been calling in here, as you might imagine. Um, So many things to talk about, but let's start off with Brian Dable, uh, after the game, described his quarterback's performance and said, well, he was good. Uh, (laughs) How would you describe the play of Daniel Jones today? Yeah, I might go a little a little stronger than that. As uh, David went on to say, he's not a writer, so I guess he left it up to us. I mean, I I just followed my story. I used the word elite. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how much more you could uh, you know ask for the guy. I know that's kind of a a rarefied word to throw around, but you talk about a playoff debut and uh, you know three hundred one yards passing, seventy eight yards, I think it was rushing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just what more could you? That's actually Darius Slayton said to me after the game. What more do you need to see from the guy? And it's really at that point now. Listen, there's been. Plenty of doubters. I've been one of them for for a long stretch of the last couple of years. But um, at this stage, the way he's played late, you know, down the stretch in the regular season, and obviously we did today. Um, you know, he's he's taken his game to a whole other whole another level. Um, so you know, Brian Dable's restrained post game comments aside, I think he has uh, converted a lot of people, and obviously his supporters. Um, you know, are kind of finally seeing what they they believe was was hidden under all those losses from the last three years. Yeah. Look, uh, the stats. 301 yards passing, as you said, the two touchdowns, 78 yards rushing the first time in playoff history, a player able to achieve those sort of stats. But also the the thing that one of the things that stood out to me in his first ever playoff game was that with 35 passes and 17 rushes, the knock on Daniel Jones always was turns the ball over too much. Here we are in terms of changing the narrative. That's 52 times that either passed or ran the football and yet no turnovers. And you know, what did you feel like, besides how well he played, but what did we learn about Daniel Jones in his first career playoff game on the road in Minnesota? You know, you were there. What was that environment like? How loud was it? Hmm. You know, in terms of the, the poise under pressure, you know, we saw Trevor Lawrence, you know, come back incredibly in the second half, but fall apart in the first half, you know, who's played right. big games in college. What, you know, what were you kind of expecting from Daniel Jones and what did you see? 
Yeah, so I'll touch on a couple of things you mentioned there. Uh, yeah, he kind of dispelled the turnover thing, I think, you know, long ago now at this point. So, because this season, I mean, he has the lowest interception rate in the league, only three lost fumbles. So, I think anyone who's still saying that is kind of clinging to old narratives because he really has cleaned that up significantly. As far as how loud it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's the best stadium, best experience uh, in the league. And maybe it's because it's an open-air press box that's in, indoors, you really hear it, whereas, you know, some of these other venues that were outside, uh, we're in a nice cozy press box and can't hear it as loudly. But, uh, you know, when Nick Gates had that quote last week, how it wasn't that loud in the regular <laughs> season, uh, then it was, you know, couldn't have worked out any better for their stadium operators because he gets called for a hold on the first play from scrimmage. Yeah. So what do they do? They flash a picture of him with that quote. Mm-hmm. I mean, the place was like, you know, rocking. And then you know, even as bad as their defense played or as well as the Giants offense played, they were still getting up every third down. And then to, to kind of bring a full circle, Jones kept picking them apart. So they could never, you know, get to that that next level of just, you know, you know, the place ready to erupt and the, the, they just wouldn't let him. And so that kind of speaks to um, the point with Jones is, um, you know, he hadn't been in big games, really. If you think about it, his first three years, I mean, I guess maybe you could say that 2020 finale where they had to beat the Cowboys to you know, potentially make the playoffs. That's like a pseudo big game. Uh, and then this year, obviously, he had a few late down the stretch, whether it be um, the Washington game, which was like kind of a play-in game, and, you know, the, the Vikings game in the regular season, and the Colts game. He's had some bigger games, but nothing, obviously, at this level. But the thing I felt with him is his temperament would suit him really well in, in this environment because mm-hmm. if he was a guy who gets up and down, like I think you could get rattled in this environment. If there's one thing you have to say is the strength of his, he is like even Steven. Like he is steady as can be at all <laughs> times. Nothing seems to get to him. So, uh, you know, having that, that, you know, heart rate, you know, you know, never spiking, I think is a good thing in settings like this because I don't think it's affected him one bit. Obviously, Certainly didn't show based on his performance. He came out of the gate, you know, marched down the field and was pretty unstoppable. Um, so I think that's one of his best traits, and, and it's something that you know really could um, serve him well, you know, in the playoffs because I don't think he's a guy who's going to get rattled uh, on the big stage. There was always the um, Eli Manning comparisons when he was, you know, because of sort of the temperament when he was first drafted, and that is one aspect that you look at and say, you know, both that even keel, almost no pulse kind of guy. Um, it does seem to, uh, you know, serve them well, serve Daniel Jones well in a big spot. Um, I thought Daniel Jones, you know, when the Giants had the football, was the best player on the field. But Saquon Barkley, um, certainly his health uh, has been a story all season long that he's been able to be on the field. And while only nine carries for 53 yards, but also um, five catches, 56 yards, the two touchdowns, but... I thought not only was it the winning, you know, go the winning touchdown, um, but I thought the really a, a a statement play, statement made, Saquon Barkley just dragging Dalvin Tomlinson into the end zone. So was there something about Saquon's mindset that whether it's before the game, during the game, after the game, that struck you? Well, he's a guy, like, I think he wears his emotions a little more on his sleeve than Jones. I mean, Grant, he's playing running back. I don't know if to worry about it quite as much, but he was definitely amped up for this. Whereas Jones, you know, he treats everything like the same. Uh, I don't think Saquon could hide the fact that, you know, he's waited a long time. You know, we're, uh, we're in year five, and he's finally, you know, getting his first taste of the playoffs. So I think he was, you know, kind of ready to burst. And uh, it's funny because his first carry was the hold, so it didn't actually count. So his first actual carry was the, the 28-yard touchdown. So it was quite a way to make an entrance to the postseason. Uh, it was certainly kind of an economical day because, as you said, just nine carries. If you had told me the Giants were going to score, you know, 31 points with him only having nine carries, I might have been a little skeptical, uh, you know, a few months ago. But 
Um, the offense really evolved, and then they put in more on Daniel, Sh- Daniel Jones' shoulders. Um, but then, obviously, Saquon, this last month of the regular season, has really got that juice back that he had early in the year. And, it, and it's nice now because they don't have to give it to him 25 times, so they almost look fresher. Um, you know, like I said, over 100 yards from scrimmage, the two touchdowns. Uh, looked really explosive. He had the one run where, you know, got the middle, did a spin move, broke a tackle. I mean, he looks like uh, the guy we saw early in the season certainly slowed down a bit in the midpoint. But, um, you know, he looks – you know, I mean, everything on the team right now looks like it's clicking on all cylinders. They're, they're healthy. Uh, guys are playing their best at the right time. Uh, so, it's, listen, you couldn't ask for any more if you're the Giants, especially if, you know, if you have a dream making a run, uh, things are at least lined up in terms of where they are performance-wise, health-wise, and, and all that. Talking to Dan Duggan from The Athletic about the Giants. And um, sticking with the offense, one other player I want to call out. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, eight catches, 105 yards, the touchdown. But also the incredible toe-tapper and the chemistry and connection between Daniel Jones and Isaiah Hodgins. This is a player who, I mean, we're talking about a guy the Giants picked up off a practice squad, and and he's only been with the team a handful of weeks, and yet is emerging from, you know, I mean, you know, we're looking at this group of receivers. Richie James is like a career punt returner. You know, Darius Slayton was a guy who... I thought, you know, it looked like the Giants might cut in training camp. And then Hodgins is a practice squad guy. And I've been saying Daniel Jones has been coach, has been helping, the, you know, make these players better, elevating their games. But at a certain point with Hodgins and this connection with Daniel Jones, do we have to start saying that Hodgins may be more than just a, um, a throw-in guy? No, I mean, I definitely think so. Yeah, sure. You know, early in the time here he had a couple touchdowns the stats are still pretty modest you kind of could say it's a little fluky whatnot but um really go back you know he must love playing in that dome and playing against uh minnesota because you go back to that first game was the coming out party where he had uh, eight catches for 89 yards and a touchdown then he he did that even better today it was eight for 105 and a touchdown so um he has he's beyond just like a nice little story now like i think he's a legit piece that as you look, you know, going forward, they're going to have to kind of remake this wide receiver room. But I think that's one piece less than they have to fill. So I think I really think he's shown um, that this isn't just kind of some flash in the pan. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he's going to produce at this level consistently, but uh, he's been pretty darn impressive here. And, again, a guy jumping in midstream. I mean, let's be realistic, too. The Giants have been, like, overdue to kind of find a gem like this. You know, mm-hmm. um, they, you know, you have to go back to like Victor Cruz or something to unearth some guy like this where, uh, you know, you look around other teams, they seem to have their guys like this, and the Giants just, you know, during this past decade with so much losing, they just even ha- haven't had the luck to, to run into a guy like this. And, you know, it's, it's more than luck because obviously he was in Buffalo, so Joe Shane and Brian Dable knew him well, so it was, you know, alert by them to, to scoop him up when, um, you know, Buffalo caught him was trying to pass him to the practice squad, and they, they claimed him. But, you know, he's come in, you know, hit the ground running. He, he's a guy who's not fast. But he does everything else really well, so it's like it kind of shows you that speed isn't everything at that position. Uh, you talk about that catch me along the sideline. That is you know, high-level hands and just wide receiver play. Um, so, yeah, no, I think he is, like I say, he's more than just a story. He's, he's a legitimate piece and a guy that I think, you know, opponents are going to have to reckon with. It's not just like some, oh, who's 18 out there? Like, I think the, he's a game plan type guy now because he's just shown time and time again that he, he just makes plays, and especially big ones, you know, in the red zone. I, um, yeah, we've been talking about the offense. Um you mentioned before that the Giants are the healthiest they've been, but one notable player, um, obviously, um, one one notable player who was, um, you know, came off the field in this game, um, Aziz Ojolari with the quad injury, 
And, you know, certainly the Giants' defensive line, to me, it's just such a difference when Ojolari is in there. It seems like they get home more as a defensive line and get to the quarterback more when he's in there. Um, I saw on Twitter, it looked like you spoke to him after the game. What Can you give Giants fans an update on that injury? Yeah, I mean, he has just been snake bit all season. It's like, you know, he's had injuries to both calves, then he comes back, then he rolls his ankle. And then today, it was that trick play, actually, they ran with, and I don't know what they were thinking with it, that they yeah. called up that throwback to Cousins. He said he got knee in the thigh or in the quad. So, you know, he thought he could give it a go. And, you know, if it one more snap after that, he just you know, kind of got tight on him, whatever, he just couldn't play. Um, so that's good, though, because the first thing you hear quad, if it's a pull, I mean, you probably just saying he's done for the year because there's only so many weeks left, and um, those, you know, quad pulls are usually multi-week things. If it's a contusion, um, you know, I don't want to play doctor, but you would think there's at least a chance he could be ready for next week. Because um, I agree, he has made a remarkable difference. For a guy who has not played very much, he's made a dramatic impact when he's on the field. Uh, it's just been unbelievable how how frequently he has not, you know, been on the field just because of all these injuries. It's not even just been one thing. It's a different injury, you know, and, and he just can't can't catch a break. Um, but so no, if, if he if they can get him back, um, you know, you know six days to heal up, uh, that'd be big because yeah, that front four is really um, what, what's kind of powering this team. Uh, I think that had a lot to do with why they're so successful tonight. Not to, you know, they they gave us some points and mm-hmm. yards. Yeah, Minnesota was a good offense, but why they were able to contain them, especially, you know, down the stretch when they needed to, is because that front four was getting home, uh, even without Ojolari, because, you know, that way they could devote more guys to coverage. Obviously, Justin Jefferson was, you know, the, you know drawing a ton of their attention. Um, but if those front four guys are getting pressure up front, you don't need to send the kitchen sink as much as Wink likes to do that. Um, so having Ojolari, you know, again, it's, it's going to be a step up. Eagles are a much more well-rounded team than, than Minnesota. Uh, so they're going to kind of need all hands on deck. So it'll be big to get him back if, uh, if he's ready. Yeah. You're mentioning about the Giants only sending four, and it went against Wink Martindale's their defensive coordinator's tendencies. He loves to, um, you know, to famous for loving to blitz. And I, I thought a really interesting aspect of this game was that, you know, for all of that reputation, the game plan. I wanted to know what you thought of the game plan, which seemed to be. We're going to take out Justin Jefferson from this game. Almost a Bill Belichick strategy. We're going to take away the thing you do best, and that's Justin Jefferson, best receiver, wide receiver in the league. And we're going to make you beat us with everything but that. And when it came down to that fourth and eight play, because Kirk Cousins hadn't been throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson all game long and really had barely thrown to him in the second half, it was almost like he just didn't have the faith to sort of try and force that football in there, um, in, you know, into coverage and instead check down to a play that had no chance to work. And it just felt like such a payoff of a game plan that went against what we think of as Wink's tendencies. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, listen, I think the first go around, that was also the game plan. So it just shows how difficult it is. And when you have 12 for 133 and a touchdown. So, um, you know, the best laid plan sometimes. But I think the big difference, even talking to guys in the locker room, um, and then I tried to disparage any other teammates, was the return of Adore Jackson. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they all acknowledge yep. he's significantly better than Fabian Moreau, who was, you know, tasked with that matchup. And listen, they're also not crazy. They weren't putting Adore Jackson on an island and saying, you covered Justin Jefferson. There's a lot, of, a lot of zones, a lot of safety over the top. Even that fourth down play, that was coming right at where I was sitting in the press box at a really good vantage point on it because I was kind of keyed in on him, figuring they're going to try to go to him. 
and they just totally bracketed him. There's yep. no, I mean, a door open underneath them, there's a safety at the top, there's nowhere to go. And then uh, so I was kind of more focused on that. So I guess Cousins just got it out quick because he was about to get sacked, I guess. And, you know, obviously, you don't want to check it down on fourth and eight, but I think hearing his comments after, he kind of felt like it was that or a sack, so he gave the guy a chance. But uh, they weren't going to let Jefferson beat them in that spot. But it's funny, again, you back to that first matchup. They did the same thing on a third down in the red zone. They bracketed him, and he still beat it and got a you know 17-yard touchdown. So he's that good, uh, but they did an excellent job. And like I said, that's where the front four coming in. They never sacked today, but it didn't feel like that because it felt like Cousins was you know under a lot of heat and um, did a good job sometimes just avoiding sacks. But the fact that they didn't have to get you know some of these exotic blitzes where Minnesota kind of killed them on those in the first matchup, they were able to just kind of stay disciplined, play their zone coverage, which is, again, not a wink uh, staple. That just shows a lot about his flexibility because he has his reputation. But uh, he did what they had to do to win this game, and obviously it was enough. All right. Anything um, besides uh, any stories from the um, locker room, colorful quotes, and interesting anecdotes? Be, uh, most interesting thing I, I seem to see was that Kayvon Thibodeau was wearing pajamas, uh, <laughs> in the lo- pajamas with a top hat uh, after the game. Uh, anything else? <laughs> I mean, it's going to be tough to top that. I mean, that was, uh, he is definitely a character. I mean, he came in with the top hat and some much more uh, sleek look. And then, I don't know, the pajamas, how <laughs> that became the, the, the going home wear. But I guess you're going to take a snooze on the plane, so you want to be comfortable. But, yeah, he is uh, he is definitely a character. And, yeah, like I said, it's tough. To, if you ask me for a uh, kind of quirky anecdote from the locker room, it's tough to beat, you know, a grown man putting on his PJs and, and a top hat and getting on the, on the bus to the airport. All right, last one before I let you go is just um, for Giants fans who are wanting a dream. Look, before the season started, I would have told you that you were nuts if you told me that the Giants would make the playoffs, win a playoff game, and here they'd be heading against the number one seeded Eagles. Um, For Giants fans who want a dream, do they stand a chance? I mean, I wouldn't have said so eight days ago, whatever it was, but seeing how their backups played against Eagle starters, and I know that's kind of a, a funky game in this and that, but I will say, uh, you know, I don't think any, anything from the offense really carries over the, you know, Davis Webb was starting. They, they played a very you know, basic offense, but I am curious to go back and watch that defensively to see what they did there. Cause that was, you know, the Eagles were playing their starters. They're going to, you know, get the number one seat. So it's not like they're holding anything back. And the giants really frustrated them in the red zone. So I mean, that's something that's been a strength of this team. Uh, all season. So I'm curious to see what they did there. And, you know, cause again, you know, these are such chess matches. This would be the third time they've played in about seven weeks. So, I mean, um, these, these coaches are probably going crazy. So we're trying to figure out the counter to the counter to the counter. But, you know, I didn't really watch that game back because, you know, the time was meaningless You move on to the playoffs. But now I'm curious to go back and see what they did because it definitely had the Eagles off balance. You know, you remember the few times it was just free rushers and, and Hertz was you know, obviously kind of protecting his shoulder. He wasn't maybe as uh, apt to run. That would probably change next week. But I am curious to see what they did because um, I think that does give you hope that, you know, they held them to like 22 points, whereas they came into MetLife and put up 48 a couple weeks before against the starters. So it's a little hard to, to rectify that. But uh, I think that's the part where you could definitely – I think the guys have a ton of confidence because, you know, obviously that was a loss. But um, that's about as close to a moral victory as you're allowed to have in pro sports, considering that they're backups against the number one team's uh, starters. Yeah. My concern would be that the um, the big factor in that game was that he was uh, Jalen Hurts was not running because he was protecting his shoulder, and if he's actually healthy now with a bye week and is going to run, then you uh, you certainly worry that that changes things a little bit. But we'll see. Giants fans can hope. Uh, this is so far a found season house money. Uh, Dan Duggan from the Athletic. Safe travels home. Thanks for the time. 
Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Larry. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.